Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Welcome to the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, episode number 314. Your dream doesn't have to have an expiration date. Take a deep breath and try again. KT Witten. Broadcasting from the back alley in Hollywood, it's the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, where we show you how to survive and thrive as an indie filmmaker in the jungles of the film biz. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, my Indie Film Hustlers, to another episode of the Indie Film Hustle Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Today's show is sponsored by Blackbox. Blackbox is a new platform and community that is all about financial freedom for filmmakers like you. If you join Blackbox, you will be transformed from being a worker to being a maker of your own content. And you'll be making steady passive income from the global market. Blackbox currently allows you to upload your stock footage once, get it to many global agencies, and then allows you to share that passive income stream with your collaborators. Whether you want to submit old footage that's been sitting around in your hard drives or create brand new content, Blackbox is for you. It's really quite revolutionary. With Blackbox, filmmakers can concentrate on making great content while Blackbox takes care of all the business BS. Just visit www.blackbox.global to find out more. Now, guys, I want to ask you a question. Do you have an idea for a film that can change the world? Would you like to be mentored by a working Hollywood professional? What do you think about $10,000 to make, write, shoot, and direct your own short film? If any of these sound like something that you have or you want, then Telenexus Script Filmmaking Lab is for you. This contest awards $10,000 for you to write, shoot, and direct your own short film. And you will get to work with an industry mentor to help you bring your film to life. And unlike other contests, there are no fees. It is free to submit. So I have no idea what you guys are waiting for. After you finish listening to this podcast, go and submit right now. So don't wait. Apply now. Stop talking about making a movie and go make a movie. Someone is going to get $10,000 and a Hollywood mentor. Why not you? And as a special reward, mention Indie Film Hustle referred you and the application will receive special consideration for tribe members. Just head over to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash make your movie now. That's IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash make your movie now. Guys, I have an amazing treat for you today. I've, I, I've been around the business for a long time and I've heard pretty much, I thought, almost every kind of story about how to get money for a movie, make a movie, get into the business. I mean, I thought I've heard it all, but man, today's guest is writer-director Jonathan Perry. Now, what makes Jonathan very unique is 
He's a 17-year-old film director. Now, there's many 17-year-old film directors in the world, but what is unique to Jonathan is he is the youngest director ever to be signed to Amazon as a director, and he's actually the youngest director to be signed to any streaming service ever as a 17-year-old director. His big-budget filmmaking debut will be a film called Subnivian, which is a short film that is yet to be released. So based on the power of the raw footage and the script alone, he was signed to Amazon. It is a pretty remarkable feat, to say the least, but but believe it or not, it is not the most interesting thing in this conversation. Jonathan did something so crazy, so insanely unique, that I was literally floored. I literally had to stop the interview because I was like, wait a minute, you did what? And it worked? Holy cow. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're just going to have to listen to the conversation. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Jonathan Perry. I'd like to welcome to the show, Jonathan Perry, brother. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. Um, it's, uh, it's not often I get such a young filmmaker on the show, you know, so I'm excited to talk to you about not only your success, your process and, uh, and the future of, of where you're going. So, uh, thanks so much, man. Thank you. So what, uh, first of all, how did you get started, uh, filmmaking? Like, cause uh, how old are you again? I am 17 right now. Okay. So first I'm just yeah. going to get this out for everyone listening to you. We all hate you. So understand that right away. Because, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> because when I was 17, I didn't even know about filmmaking yet, but you were raised in a world where it's all around you. So I'm dying to know how you actually got started, how long ago you got started uh, in, the, in, in just getting started on your, on your journey. Yeah. Uh, so it was started about four years ago. Um, and I was really just 13 uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do through high school, somehow thinking advanced into life in general. But um, I knew that uh, I wanted to go into a creative field. So um, after just filming videos with friends, really, um, I eventually stumbled upon like this subreddit of just teaching about short films and all that. And through that, I actually started writing my first short film script. And uh, it kind of went downhill from there. And we really, um, I wrote close to probably at least uh, 60, I would say, film scripts. And then uh, I really got serious into that. And uh, I knew that in the beginning, I wanted to actually uh, shoot a movie. But uh, of course, it would have to be a short film to start off with. And I wanted to get into the industry as fast as possible. But then I actually discovered that I could sell my short film scripts online. And so I really started taking classes and educating myself and I really wanted to get on set and actually uh, feel around to see which, because I knew I wanted to go into film production. I just mm -hmm. didn't know what department, how I wanted to enter in the enter into the industry, and if I wanted to be a director, editor, scriptwriter. Really wanted to, what I really liked in the uh, filmmaking process. So starting off as a uh, scriptwriter and selling that, I really got uh, down to the last two years where I sold about forty film scripts at that point. And through selling those film scripts uh, online, I would copyright them. Uh, and I remember my first short film script that I sold, 
I had a copyright on it. And the guy's like, what do I have to pay to get that copyright off and for me to produce it? So I was selling to people that were like me when I started, where I just didn't want to uh, write a script. I just wanted to shoot a movie. I didn't know what I was doing. So really, uh, there's a market there for people that actually just want to shoot a movie and don't, uh, maybe they just want to go through a writer. And what they do is they take my name off that copyright, they put it on their name, and they go and shoot their movie all around the world. So I mean, I've seen, uh, I think it was 13 productions so far off my short films, anywhere from Australia to Ireland. Uh, I mean, it's kind of weird to see um, I'll see a trailer. I'll be in connected with the directors, but I can't be affiliated with the movie itself. Cause so, so you're basically, okay. So you're basically, you have no copyright and not only copyright, but you get no credit for the film. No, no. Uh, oh, so you literally are ghostwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, Holy but, I mean, cow. on the while it's, it's, I remember it's all an education purpose really when I think about it, because, uh, I remember, it was the first summer where I like, I knew I wanted to take classes online to educate myself before I really took a summer and I spent it writing short film scripts and selling them. So I took master classes from like Aaron Storkin online and all that, um, just trying to educate myself on uh, how to perfect the craft and actually get better at it. But I figured out that even through a um, like $150 copyright, then you had to go through, I did $100 revisions where I sent it to someone, and then they would send it back, and uh, I'd put it online and sell it. But you subtract that from the profit, and then um, basically, I, they're really buying my idea, not the script. So that's what my copyright's on, really, the idea. So um, that's what's great about it. And uh, I mean, it's my I, my, I come from a family of inventors, actually. Uh, my mom was the youngest uh, inventor in the world, or a woman inventor in the world, um, mm-hmm. back when she was younger, and she uh, invented the glow sheet. So, I mean, uh, I come from a really creative and supportive family where um, my mom saw me doing this, and uh, she really supported that flow of ideas and all that uh, going into all these film scripts. And um, so uh, that's really where... I had a giant portfolio of film scripts that I had sold and I had some that I didn't sell because they were just not good enough. But those, um, there was, uh, one on the market that was, uh, offered because they go up for bidding. So it's not a set price. All right. So, so stop for a second. So slow down. Cause this is absolutely, I thought I've heard everything. I've been in this business 25 years. I've thought I've heard every single hustle I had in the film business, and you are shocking me right now. So, so I want to clarify this for a second. So, you wrote 40 to 60 short film scripts. Uh, yes. You self-educated yourself by watching online courses because obviously you can't go to film school yet because you're literally still in high school, and you literally yeah. got the day off of school today to do this interview. Uh, correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So then you start, you find a way to sell these scripts in an auction-based set, setting. What auction, where where did you auction these off? So it's not like eBay. It's more sure. of on like a blog, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, I, it's a, I didn't, I didn't go searching for that blog. It was like a blog inside of a blog. It was deep and not the dark web, but, 
it was <laughs> I was about to say you're selling these on the dark web that's all the, that's perfect uh, that's a perfect uh, add to this story this itself is a short film or a feature film story just in itself <laughs> yeah yeah so um it was deep into like the filmmaking uh type of blogs and um so people would just uh comment with their rates and eventually they would range from around 6 hundred to eight hundred dollars per script um and eventually i worked myself up to like in a summer i earned like close to 10 grand and i put it into a paypal account Um, that is i mean i i first of all i gotta respect the hustle man that is i mean i sold you know dvds and i was doing garage sales when i was 13 years old i wasn't writing screenplays so i man respect the hustle it definitely it was a out of all the summers, I mean, uh, of course, counting vacations and all that, but I mean, uh, just I literally spent the summer in my room just writing these scripts, thinking it out, playing it. I would actually physically at some points play it out. And I remember I in, like almost, I think I fractured part of my hand because I punched the floor so hard. Um, uh, and actually, um, I mean, these scripts really, I had to make sure that I was, um, I really isolated myself and got into these short film scripts. And I think that's what people bought them for because they saw that uh, emotional connection connected to them and how much work that went into it. Um, you did deep and, work. Basically, you were doing some deep work on these things. You like locked yourself into a room basically and, and cut yourself off from everything so you can actually work as opposed to checking Facebook every five minutes or Instagram or anything like that. You literally just focused on the work. What a, what a, what a concept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I have I a mean, qu- but I have to ask you a, a question because, you know, as a writer myself, and and also as working with so many writers and filmmakers over the years, there's something that always creeps in, which is something we like to call ego, and ego is constantly creeping into the filmmaking process. And you, at such a young age were willing to not only give one of your scripts away, but sell a lot of them away without credit, which many people, including myself, if you would have told me this when you were doing it, I personally would have advised you against it. I'd be like, dude, at least keep your name on it. Like why, you know, just be a writer for hire. Like why are you like literally ghostwriting? But I guess you got a higher price because you were ghostwriting because then people could take credit for your work. And, I guess, um, right? I also, I also saw where these people were coming from because, of course, when you're – some of these people were already just getting into the industry and they really wanted to make something. So making that process easier for them is helping them along with me. So it's really a win-win. Um, that's amazing. And that's what I like about it. Uh, so so, so you, never, it, you never had a moment where you're like, hey, this is, my, this is mine. I wrote this. I've got to do this. This is I got to have my name on it. You never had a moment like that. That wasn't part of your strategy. Uh, I mean, the only time I had that was actually with the short film that I made, and that was Subnivian because right. uh, right. I did have a list of films that I knew were the best, and I was offered uh, the most that I've ever been offered four grand for Subnivian. That made me turn my head at a script and actually take another look at it. For a short film, and, for a short film, like that's insane. Like I don't. You you, have, you understand something. You are blowing my mind because I have never heard of anyone selling a short film script before, let alone at the rate or volume that you did. Uh, I didn't even know there was a market for this. So for all these writers listening out there, 
there is a market for people to buy short films uh, and short film scripts, which doesn't take nearly as much time as writing a feature film script. So I'm assuming you can knock out a 10-page good short film script in a lot less time than writing a full feature script. Yeah, I remember my producer did like the mathematics of it. And if I were to, um, I'm not writing them now since I have my hands full with some Nivian, but if a writer were to flip short film scripts each week on a $500 basis and they took around four months off and, uh, and, and, and I counted that for school and stuff because I wanted to make it into my scenario, but like four months off as far as workflow, a full job, uh, nine to five, um, you could be making around 80 grand a year just off of um, flipping it each week and um, just uh, getting revisions and taking out profits and all that. So it's, there's definitely a market and it's growing for that because um, you're doing the work that people like directors that are upcoming in the industry or don't have those writers connections Mm -hmm. really can reach out to and uh, start on their next short film. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a win-win for everyone. So, I mean, it's, that's such an insane story, man. Like I told you, I've, I thought I've heard it all. So it's not often that you should, you, someone can shock me with a new angle at things. So this is pretty mind blowing. Now I really want to talk about real quick, your daily routine, because I want people to understand what you did and how you did it. So what was the daily routine to actually get this volume of work done? And then also to get it out into this marketplace. So I was literally, um, I did have a nine to five job that would work. Um, most of the work was done in the summer. So I would just wake up. I would, uh, I really just had a book of ideas as far as, uh, when I did the script writing processes, I had a book of ideas where I would just write it down. And anytime they came to me, I would jot it down. So even if I was at work, I would have something to go home and write to. And, um, usually you structure it out. Um, what I did was, uh, in all my films, I make sure that there's no loose ends. There can't be any questioning. The audience really has to, uh, it's got to be a solid film concept wise. So, uh, what I do is structure it out in a bird's eye view. Um, there is a new method that, uh, came out after that was actually called the story clock, uh, mm-hmm. method where it's your bird's eye view and you structure it out. Um, and if you Google that, you can find out the concept, but you're basically making sure that your film is all tied off on uh, the concept and all of the elements story-wise. But the writing process, I would just, it was basically a, um, literally you wake up each morning, you write scripts till 12, fall asleep and do it again. Um, you would walk, you was, would work, you would work a nine to five doing it or you would like oh, work no. all day or you I were working work another job. Yeah. Uh, I would also, of course, when I got home, it's not like I'm watching TV, but I'm just um, going right to script writing uh, whenever I get a chance. So uh, that's amazing. Nowadays, that, uh-huh. uh, uh, I when we got that Subnivian, I saw that someone offered me four grand. I of course decided, hey, I'm going to put this into production, and that was about a year and a half ago. So with Subnivian, not only did we have to do extensive revisions uh, uh, on the script itself, even though it was a really solid concept. I wanted to make sure it was perfection. So um, as far as the getting it into production was the hardest part I could have imagined, and I didn't know how I would have done it. 
Right. Uh, but the first thing I uh, did really was I planned out the whole shoot. I said, what do we have to have as far as uh, subnivians based in a winter setting? And we have to have frozen ice conditions for that setting. So, of course, that narrows it down. First, it's finding the location. Then tailoring, I knew that I could gather college students, industry professionals based on that location. So I took that location and I it pointed me up north to Marquette, which is uh, a few miles off the Canadian border, way up there in Michigan. So I needed to have a 100% chance that it would be freezing conditions when we were shooting and no risk of anything happening. So uh, I first reached out to the college out there in Marquette. They sent over a producer and a few other crew members out of their cinema classes that were about to go out in the industry. And I also, uh, the Michigan Film Commission website is a blessing. Um, they have a basically a directory of any person in the film industry that lives in Michigan. So, mm-hmm. And they have phone numbers and all that. So I called about like 300 people um, over the course of like three weeks. I love and, this story. Um, I just love, I'm sorry, I just, I just love this story. Go ahead. Um, and that, for me, um, originally uh, towards the first start of my high school, I was kind of more of a shyer type. So, I mean, calling up these people, it's, it's like, you want to do what up in Marquette? You want to shoot this? Because they took a look at the script. This script is the biggest scale script I've ever written as far as production wise. Like Mm -hmm. it's a blockbuster size set that you would have to pull up to actually shoot the movie. So, I mean, it wasn't that uh, I wanted to go for an ambition aspect. I knew that if this is pulled off my way, uh, all practical, it's going to be the best short film no matter what. So basically all that came into effect. And I hired these people under contracts that I made myself. And then, um, how did you make your contracts by yourself? A lot of legal research. Um, so you, oh my God, this is like, I, I, the story just keeps getting deeper and deeper. I absolutely, I love this. So then you, you, which is generally not advisable. Don't write your own contracts. Always have an attorney, but you didn't have a chance to do it. And on a short film basis, you were probably okay. Okay. I, but, I was able to get uh, some legal feedback, of course, online. There's um, sure, like a rocket a lawyer services. or something. I mean, like nowadays that. Uh, you can do anything. I was still in my room, just uh, calling up online lawyers to take a look at the contracts. So, I mean, basically, crazy. during that time, also, my parents were uh, really starting to recognize that, hey, this script thing is evolving into actually something that is going to be shot into a movie. So they really, uh, I could see that they were questioning my commitment, even though, because they don't see all the stuff behind the scenes. They see me on a computer typing all day. So sorry, I'm getting over a cold, but. uh, No worries, no worries. Basically, um, they don't see any, they don't see a product coming out of all this. They see it all online. Um, it's all digital money too. It's not like I'm having stacks of cash in my room, right. but um, they, I could see them questioning it. So 
I knew that I had to brand myself as a filmmaker actually to take get more industry professionals to join the project and take me seriously. Not only the industry professionals, but um, anyone that looks at me making this movie is going to question, how are you going to pull this off? I, you're absolutely right. I would be the first one to say, like, uh, you have good intentions, but how are the, you've never done this before. How are you pulling it off? Did you shoot any short films prior to this or nothing? No, no. This is my uh, first um, official short film. But wow. um, I knew that I had to research, of course, the whole process. People that have shot short films before I had to reach out for their advice. I met a lot of people through the Michigan Film Commission, uh, phone calling, Netflix producers, uh, stunt coordinators. At one point, I was talking to one of the assistants for like a blockbuster movie like Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. He told me not to shoot the film, though. Of course. Because it was too dangerous. Uh, oh, I, okay. I, it could not be pulled off uh, at all. So, um, basically, I did receive a lot of rejection and uh, doubts from the film community. Uh, how did you go through, the uh, But how did you break through that, man? Because, I mean, most of, I mean, people definitely, especially so young, when you get beat up by nose, 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 you can't do this. That's dangerous. That's crazy. What made you keep going? What was the thing inside you just said, I, I just, I'm not going to let go of this? Well, uh, I, uh, I digress back to when I was trying to prove my, uh, to other people that I could do this. Um, I also wanted to prove to myself that, hey, um, I'm really going to commit to this, uh, producing this movie and actually commit to um, this film career and making sure that this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. So um, I hung out of a helicopter over Pittsburgh and got B-roll of the um, city and sold it online for half the price that it usually is on stock footage. But um, I had, I knew I had to do something to brand myself and I actually made a website and all that Um, behind me uh, is one of the websites. So, um, People saw that and saw that, hey, if he's going to pull off something like that, he's going to pull off this film if it's even a bigger scale. So it's all about getting leverage as far as even um, writing short film scripts was my first step. Then you can uh, do something bold, at least in my case, I knew I had to just to get people's attention. So I did that B-roll over Pittsburgh. And so the next step was Subnivian. So it's all about showing people these leverage steps, no matter how big or small. So, so okay, so now you, you, you shot this thing, which I'm assuming it was an adventure in itself, wasn't it? Just shooting this thing. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, originally, uh, we had to get to Pittsburgh. Um, I did it with a friend. And I originally, my parents didn't know about it. Until I went on a class trip to over to Italy, and then I launched the website and everything. And then they saw the video of me hanging out of the helicopter, and they're like, "Okay, let's take another look at this. He's obviously seriously about this." And so, oh, oh, so wait a minute. So the footage of you hanging out the helicopter, you sold that footage, or you sold the footage that you actually shot? The footage that I actually shot, because originally. You- um, aerial B-roll over city is very expensive. It can go for like $200, but I just sold it for a hundred dollars and sold more quantity over, uh, quality, but I right. mean, it was, okay. And so then uh, you had, okay. So you, you, you did that and then you actually branded yourself as, 
you put your, you put someone to take a picture of you, obviously, or video yeah. of you. So people would go, wait a minute, he's crazy enough to hang outside of a helicopter. He might be able to pull this off. Is basically your mentality? Uh, my mentality is, yeah, he's. Uh, if I'm he's, willing to hang out of a helicopter, people he's are going to take me more uh, seriously as far as producing this film. And it would uh, actually, I'll be able to have content for my website and all that stuff, uh, social media. I branded myself anywhere. You can follow me on Jonathan Perry Films on Instagram, uh, the website itself. And um, so uh, I really tried to uh, make it aware that if people are going to sign with me, they're going to be uh, dealing with someone that's actually going to go for it and take something serious as far as this film. So uh, getting all the crew was, uh, once I had the producers signed on, some industry, I had one industry and one um, college. They were able to find all the rest of the crew uh, through college connections. These college kids are right about to get in the industry. So they're local, the shooting area, eight hours away from me up there. Mm-hmm. So um, we had everything arranged up there. And we planned out pre-production with Skype calls every night. I was hours on end, Skype calling, stunt coordinators, all that. We did everything practical. We didn't know um, VFX uh, in it, really, and we're only doing uh, er, we're not doing uh, CGI in it. So, mm-hmm. so uh, it's all practical. Yeah, um, uh, doing practical effects as opposed to high end CGI or something like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. Uh, I took one of my favorite filmmakers is Christopher Nolan, and mm-hmm. um, I like how he takes that practical effect. And you can definitely tell. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, even if it's the best CGI that people get paid millions for, that you can tell, the eye can tell at least. And until uh, that evolves, and I'm sure it will, uh, eventually we'll get to uh, some really good CGI. Um, but for now, I'm doing it all practical. And it makes the film quality a lot better too. So, um, and. So yeah, so you 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 made this short film, then you get a, a deal with this small little startup company called Amazon. Uh, <laughs> how did you get a deal with Amazon off of a short film? So we shot the movie, um, and that was over a four day shoot uh, up in Marquette, and basically we had no plan for distribution. Originally, it was kind of YouTube. Uh, or Vimeo, and or yeah, um, Vimeo, Vimeo. So uh, basically, we knew that with these big streaming services, that's another option as far as just a hail mary pass to these um, big distributors. And we sent a nine-page appeal to Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. Netflix denied it. Hulu didn't respond. And Amazon sent back, uh, hey, we're going to uh, give you a collaboration with a rep. We really want to take on this project and present it as um, something uh, diverse for our uh, streaming service. Even though they do short, show short films, they you have to be. there's a bunch of uh, hurdles that you have to go through. Yeah. If I were uh, just to be 17, uh, that's impossible because it's 21 age limit. But I mean, uh, to be the youngest filmmaker on any streaming service, as they signed me as, 
is a big label for the company and a big step up for their diversity and their uh, uh, filmmaking selection. And so we have uh, Amazon reps that really are following along every stage of post-production, editing, advertising, just monitoring. And they really take, uh, they take ownership of that April 1st. Um, and they released a trailer, um, their social media pages, all that stuff about Subnivian. And we were luckily able to release a bunch of that beforehand. And it's released actually now. So the trailer's um, available now? Oh, not the trailer, but uh, we have social media at subnivianmovie.com, mm -hmm. um, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and a website. And so basically, um, all that, we branded ourselves, and we had a social... Right now, we have about 15 members in post-production, which is pretty good size. Yeah, um, for short films, not bad, brother. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, some of them are college students, so it's great for them to get, start expanding. One of our PR managers is in college, so he's be able to expand his portfolio of press um, while he's releasing, um, getting press for this film itself. So um, it's I made sure that uh, with anyone I work with, that they're getting out of it just as much as I am uh, on their end. So um, that's why I love college students, because they actually show a lot of passion. They're not just in it for the paycheck. They're in it to further their careers and really right. start their careers just like me. Um, so, and then you, so, so then the film will be released June 12th, right? Uh, June 12th, uh, Amazon releases it on mm -hmm. prime video and May 21st, we have a premiere in Sandusky, Ohio, which is my hometown and locally here. And we also have a premiere uh, June 4th up in Marquette, Michigan. So if you're local to the Cleveland area, Toledo, just the Midwest in general, uh, you can grab tickets uh, April 1st when we release the trailer on Seed and Spark, which is our funding campaign that's going to fund yeah. us through film festivals. Okay. So uh, we got a lot on our plate with all that too. That's um, insane. So but, well, again, another amazing part of the story is that you had an offer for $4,000 for a short film script, which yeah. again, unheard of. I've never heard of anything like this. And you decided to pull a Frank Darabont. Uh, do you know who Frank Darabont is? I do not. The writer of Shawshank Redemption. I actually do. I have been enclosed for the last couple of years. I have actually visited, um, the Shawshank Redemption shooting location. Oh, the prison? But, um, oh, have you seen yeah. the movie? Please tell me you've seen the movie. Yes, I have. Yes, okay, because if not, we would have to end this interview right now, and I don't <laughs> want to do that to you. Okay, so but the story, so you know the story is when he wrote Shawshank Redemption, he was offered, I think it was like four or five million dollars for the script. And he said, nope, this is my ticket. And, <laughs> and he only took $250,000, and he got to direct the movie. He basically yeah. and he basically gave that movie away, but it started his career. So on a much smaller scale, it, but in the scope of a, of a short film, you've done kind of the similar thing, but you also produced it yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, even though we have hardworking producers on the project, I do overlook everything just to make sure that uh, since this is the start of many of the college students and mine careers in the film industry, uh, of course, it's got to be quality. And we're only putting out that with Amazon looking over us too. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I knew that when 
I denied it for four grand. I knew that it was someone's not going to offer four grand for a script just because they have a lot of cash. They're going to offer how much it's worth and how much it's going to put out. And I knew that I saw that in Subnivian. Uh, and I knew that if I did sell it to anyone else, they're not going to use, uh, they're going to use CGI and all that. They're not going to produce it practically. And I knew that if it did go that route, it would be an injustice to the film itself. Cause, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's just such good action sequences and, uh, the story itself is just a solid, um, emotional story that connects with me and, um, anyone who's going to watch it. So, um, I knew that this one film was something that I really needed to produce and uh, come out of my emotional uh, uh, bias and start to this uh, filmmaking career. So, um, it, you're remarkable, my friend. I have to tell you, you are an, you are an inspiration to to uh, to old dogs like me uh, in the business, <laughs> and and I and I really hope people listening out there because now I'm going to be using you as an example of I'm like I don't care who you are, where you come from. You have no excuses. Look at Jonathan Perry's story. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that's the big thing about it is I do, I have seen a lot of friends and stuff like that uh, say, oh, I don't, I don't have money to produce that. Um, I'm, I'm not sitting on wads of cash. I, I started with just a paper and a pencil and maybe a laptop just to research the blog. And that's really all you need. Uh, um, uh, really it's just ideas and then you build off that leverage leverage every step is a small step or big step but it's just a step in general uh and it's just going to get you further or closer to uh launching your filmmaking career so um in my case i'm going for a fast pace i really want to create the next feature which i already signed for and um i knew i wanted to get in the industry as fast as possible take risks at a young age because I'm still in my uh, living with my parents. I'm still in high school. So, I mean, uh, no <laughs> matter course. what, you're going to have food and shelter on the plate. That's all you need. And uh, food, shelter, and writing scripts is all you need to uh, start off. So, I mean, as long as you, um, and, and especially young people, even if you're uh, older, uh, as long as you have a steady job, uh, if you come home, no matter what, just write scripts and um, you have that steady uh, home life and actually supporting yourself, uh, you'll be able to launch a filmmaking career in no time as far as getting yourself out there online. So That's, um, that's a remarkable. And I do have to ask you a question because I can't believe that you are 110% fearless. So I have to believe there had to be some fears along the way. Uh, every step of the way from writing these scripts when you were about to sell them to embarking on trying to make this first film of yours, how did you break through those fears? I mean, because it, it sounds like your parents kind of jumped on. They were supportive, but they really kind of took it seriously after you had already done a lot of the stuff. So a lot of the stuff you were doing kind of on your own. So I'm fascinated to find how you broke through that. So really, uh, it's using that leverage as far as... Um, I mean, you look at what you've done so far, and um, I mean, as far as fearless, making this film, it goes back to um, if anything fails, if I lose thousands of dollars, if I mess up really badly, I always have my, um, I'm still at home, I'm still here uh, living with my parents. I always have that 
comfort of home life. But I mean, uh, uh, I mean, it's really of just why not? I mean, what's the, uh, what's the repercussions if I were <laughs> to embark on this giant journey? Uh, even if it fails, I have my family to fall back on. I have just, uh, um, I'm still young. So, I mean, it's, um, why not? You, Basically it's like, why not? Yeah. You really learn from, uh, you also gotta, when I look at filmmakers also, um, I may not know some writers or directors, uh, sure. uh, but, uh, I look at how they started and what they failed at. Uh, and I really value failure over as far as succeeding because, uh, I mean, you can learn from failure as far as uh, what other filmmakers are not doing or um, as far as even if something were to go really bad, uh, I'm able to learn from that and build off that and show other people uh, just so they don't make the same mistake as me. And I think I received a lot of feedback like that uh, when I called up uh, all these industry people and they were able to uh, show me, hey, don't go this route. Uh you want to steer clear of that it's dangerous. At least if you're going to do this, uh, hire these type of people, uh, and so on. So, um, even writing down your failures, just so you don't mess them up again, as far as, uh, in writing or just going through the process in general. Um, we had a lot of fail, like I, there's so many repercussions or not repercussions, but hurdles that you have to go through. In order to make a film the size, we had to film on RE cameras, but you can't rent those cameras at 17. So I had to, I would get calls from all these rental companies uh, that, hey, you got to at least hook us up with someone that's over 18 to rent this. So uh, they ended up talking to my producers. Uh, but it, on set, it's it was weird because I had to become a different person as far as um, looking back on literally it took half a year just to get it through production. And I mean, you're not going to let that go to waste. So, I mean, uh, we really use that drive to uh, we're getting this done no matter what. And I didn't think of myself as a 17 year old on set. I thought of myself as more director because I was I did all that work and put it through all that so I mean I might as well uh, put myself in a different mindset of leadership um, I also I uh, it's weird because um, I'm also an Eagle Scout so uh, a lot of, of that of course of course you're an Eagle Scout sir why wouldn't you be an Eagle Scout <laughs> a lot of that confidence came out of the, uh, the scouting career and just putting myself out there uh, and um that's really my foundation was um, the scouting and um, not only home life, but school. Um, all those people backed me on this. Um, so I, the cool thing is there's actually, um, on a side note, there's a lot of parallels with Steven Spielberg that comes out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm -hmm. That was also an Eagle Scout and started at like close to my age. So it was, I didn't realize that until like a month ago. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I digress to uh, basically if you want to get something made, uh, just start making phone calls and uh, see what it takes to get it made. 
I would definitely uh, hire college students. Look at the leverage you already have in the industry. If you have none, then just start making it. Start small and build from there and show people that what you already have. And uh, even if they uh, doubt that you like I signed contracts for the film. So I knew that no matter what these people are, uh, some of the union members are paid. So, I mean, uh, no matter what these people are going to be paid off of production, that will happen. So it's based off of that, that we really went forward with the project. And once you have, like, I think we had around 25 pre-production crew members. Uh, once you have all those people working their independent apartments and you send trust upon them, they're going to do the best job that they can. And they're going to look at you and uh, just make sure that you're overlooking the whole entire production and um, stay in your lane. That was a big thing on set. I I had industry professionals. Um, I was trying to help a volunteer move a, move a piece of wood. And uh, the guy's <laughs> like, you're the director. You just need to sip coffee and bomb with your actors. And I was like, I'll take that job. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> stay in your lane, stay in your lane. But yeah, uh, production went very smoothly as long as people just stayed in their lane. So, I mean, that's a great thing about, uh, uh, onset was people, we planned so much in advance down to the minute that we, uh, all we had to do, everybody was trained on paperwork. They had like an inch thick of papers that, uh, they had ready on set, but it was, uh, Planning and communication was key. That uh, if you have those two things, uh, I mean, you're set as far as anything in making that film. Or now, did you uh, finance the film yourself? Okay, interesting note. <laughs> that ten thousand, that close to ten thousand uh, dollars. Mm-hmm. Yet again, another blessing of being seventeen is that you can't hold a PayPal account until you're eighteen. So, I somehow the PayPal I got a call and they're like, "We're gonna hold this money till you're 18 and you can log back in." So uh, what? Uh, there was a big controversy as far as with PayPal and uh, cutting off my access to all that money I earned during scripts. But I knew that I was at a stage with Subnivian where I can't really focus on the legal problems with that. And even if that all blew out in the wind, I knew that uh, Subnivian, uh, I'm, I'm going to at least benefit with my personal leverage with Subnivian and getting it produced than anything that came out of script writing. So uh, I'm sure I'll get scholarships and stuff from Subnivian, but that's not really what it's about. It's about um, really connecting with the film and getting something made for personal leverage. So I can look back at it and say, hey, I did this why can't I take it a step up and do something bigger? Um, and that's exactly what I'm doing right now. So you still haven't touched the money from PayPal? I have not. I spent college funds on that and uh, I still haven't have access. And that's why we're having a funding campaign April wow. 1st to put us through film festivals. So if you want to uh, support or at least get connected with the film, we have not only incentives in our funding campaign, but we have, uh, for your listeners, uh, we're doing a program that actually goes through internships through our film. Mm-hmm. So your listeners, they could email subniviamovie at gmail.com and they can uh, submit their resume or even if they don't have a resume, 
just so they can get connected with the film, they can uh, we can start on on a internship basis where they're able to put some work towards the film and getting it uh, in uh, post production, just working and get some IMDb credit, uh, get their first film uh, in their name and all that. So uh, we're always accepting internships, but we're also doing the incentives for our funding campaign where basically not only do you get tickets for the premiere, but um, also a load of things as far as merchandise and all that. So basically uh, if the campaign's successful, which it is, um, and you can find out more information by texting 555-888 and texting some Nivian to that, um, uh, to our text free number. And basically That'll put us through film festivals. I'll be able to network and uh, really start my own directing my next short or whatever comes out of film festivals. And I know something will, because uh, I know we're going overseas too. Um, to uh, so it's going to release to, Amazon releases is first, but then they're going to let you do it on film festivals around the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, very tricky. Uh, we actually made a decision with the Amazon rep. Recently, with a family, we had to sit her down because they were like, okay. Uh, we handed them a rough cut of the film, and they're like, okay. Um, we might want to actually bypass film festivals and try to go for, or not bypass, but go for the bigger film festivals because we want to get Academy vote. Uh, and that was very shocking to me because I didn't expect getting Academy vote for my first short film, but then uh, you can't release it publicly on Amazon. They wouldn't be able to release it June 12th. We had, uh, we have all our, uh, content out already with June 12th, the expected date, May 21st, right. the premiere. So also on that end, I'm not looking to spend, we would have to go into 2021 Oz oh. Academy. Vote. Yeah. Uh, so I can't spend two more years with the short film I've been as obsessed with the last like one and a half years. So you just said, so, uh, uh, it's okay. Let's move on. I, I said, yeah, let, let it run the process. It will, it will get me where it needs to be. And, um, uh, it will be a success no matter what. So, uh, I know that. And I also knew that if they're considering Academy vote now, I still just have this short film. So we have, I have a whole career ahead of me. There's no doubt in my mind that, I'll definitely see Academy vote in the next four years. Right. Which is very weird, but um, it's not about that. I'm really just trying to, uh, I mean, it really has become a passion and uh, it's, it's weird seeing what you wrote on paper, like visually in real life. Oh yeah. What you it's a, much so time. cool. It's so cool. Uh, it's, and to think that it's an actual job and all that. So, I mean, it's no doubt in my mind I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, what, now, what's the biggest lesson you learned in this process? The biggest lesson is definitely uh, the importance of communication and basically your networking. So, uh, no matter how you present yourself, as long as you have your networking and your... Not only that... But uh, the networking communication, uh, if you can communicate to all these industry members that I called up 
if I were to perfect my communication, I would be able to sign on a few of those uh, more easily uh, and all that. So perfecting your communication in the industry and really negotiating with these uh, fellow industry members, uh, helping you getting your film made really helps a lot. And then also it's just that, um, I mean, as long as you, the biggest lesson I've learned with this film and in my scripts in general, the work you put in is the work you get out. So I may write a, um, filmmaker or a soundtrack for the entire movie two years ago. And I look back on that and I'm able to use that still. So, um, no matter, that's just a weird example, but, um, <laughs> No matter uh, what you're working on with the film or in your script writing, any part of the process, you're going to see that later on if you don't use it and you're going to actually benefit from that. No matter what, uh, the harder you work, the more you work on that, no matter what, you're going to see it later and see it benefit you. So, uh, and I'm seeing that with uh, my short film scripts. Even though I haven't seen a dot of that money, um, People, I I had an industry member that worked on my short film that knew a director that hit me up and uh, basically said, hey, I've taken a look at some of your scripts um, that uh, are licensed to other filmmakers, but they're secretly my scripts. Um, and basically, I want you to write a Hollywood movie, and there's eight other writers that are competing to write this same movie. I sent him a treatment. Uh, along with the eight other writers, I was selected by him to write the feature film. Very excited for that. And that's that'll amazing. Be coming. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think the starting budget for that is 1.5 million. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, I'm glad because I get to spend this summer just writing that movie. Like probably it's going to be around 300 pages and cut down from that. Um, but I get to write that movie and research and actually experience because uh, I'm not knowledgeable of a lot of the feature process of filmmaking. Short films are very different uh, from my knowledge uh, thus far. So I get to write that and really uh, make a dent in my career as far as uh, starting with a feature. And that will probably, if it's not in theaters, we're not sure what route it's going. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still in treatment phase. It could be in theaters. Depends how they want to take it. Um, I'm glad that I get to write the script, send it over, and uh, lay my head back and uh, watch it go into production. But you but just hired that. You just a hired gun for that, as far as writing is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just the writer for that film, uh, and so I'll be able to see how a real feature film is made and be able to write it, go on set, and actually uh, see what all this. Uh, all uh, the scheduling process and all that uh, as far as a feature film. Uh, we had a professional set mm -hmm. for some Nibian, but it was uh, definitely not the size of a feature film that would be. So gotcha. um, I would be able to experience that at an early age and start in the industry. And I'll be writing my next film. I'll be, uh, again, on a note that the work you put in, your work you get out, I'll be writing another feature probably later in the summer that we'll all be aiming to direct just so I can pitch it to producers when Subnivian goes into film festivals. So 
um, using all that leverage to your right. advantage is right. able to propel you through your filmmaking career and uh, really getting started. So that's um, amazing, man. Listen, you've got one of the best heads in your shoulders of any young filmmaker I've ever spoken to. So it is re- remarkable. And I will also give you a, a one piece of advice. You need to reach out to Steven Spielberg. And just tell him the story. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you are able to get this story to, or have Amazon reach out to them and just say, hey, just want to let you know another, number one Ohio kid, you know, is making good. I thought you'd like to know what's going on. So when the movie's done, we'd love to send you a copy, Steven. I promise you he'll watch it. So, and that would be an insane, insane story. And if it does happen, you need to come back on the show and tell me how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So your viewers, uh, what they can do is with our funding campaign in April, Mm -hmm. um, and what's interesting with Amazon is even though they're not a part of the funding campaign, they are a part of sending the trailer and all that. They're owning the film really in April, but they're able to buy digital copies of the movie pre-advance in April and all that, um, and uh, really, as far as sign scripts, anything from merchandise to uh, we have a we really want to support the local businesses in Sadusky, mm-hmm. uh, where I live, and um, Marquette, where the filming location is. And we're giving business credit logos with Amazon. Uh, so they, if your viewers have a business, they want to get their logo in our credits, they can uh, purchase that and get their logo shown internationally with their movie. So it's That's all awesome. I'm trying to bring uh, with this production, really benefiting any uh, person possible uh, with the scale of this. In our premiere, uh, May 21st at the Sandusky Cinemark uh, is the world premiere. And we also signed with Odessa, um, which is an EDM band, uh, if you don't know them. Uh, it's, it's, it's like the second uh, biggest EDM band around there. And so... We're putting on a live event with them. They're doing our promotional sound mixing with Amazon. So if you text Subnivian to 555 you can see a behind-the-scenes trailer of the whole scope of the project. And that is uh, musically mixed by Odessa themselves. So, um, I mean, a lot has gone into this project, but a lot of work still has to be done with the funding campaign. Uh, and... We're looking to your viewers also uh, to help support us on that and grab some merch. And uh, they'll definitely be seeing my name again uh, in the next four years. No, uh, I think I think for many years to come, my friend. Um, again, uh, I, man, you're hitting on all cylinders and you've probably you're pretty much the personification of everything I preach about on my show. Uh, you know, never as such a young package, but yet still there. So I'm. Uh, man, just congratulations on all your success. I'm going to ask you a few questions to ask all of my guests. Um, what advice would you give a filmmaker wanting to break into the business today, which you are trying to break into the business? So I'll reframe it as like, what, would, what advice would you give a filmmaker just trying to do something, trying to trying to, to do anything in this business? So uh, really, it, no matter what region you are, uh, there's going to be uh, a local film commission either look at all your options, look at your writing options, your producing options, your directing options, just editing uh, all the departments. Uh, see what, if there's a local movie production, uh, looking up uh, how to write scripts, you can start there online. Uh, 
online, there's a lot of opportunities. You can start making commercials for local businesses. Just uh, something that will give you a tiny bit of leverage, so then you can take the next step. And basically, uh, all those uh, steps are eventually going to lead you to the top of the staircase, breaking in, in the industry. So um, it's luckily, uh, I think with writing my next uh, film, that will actually be an industry film. So uh, they'll be hiring actors and all that for um, the industry standards. So I think I'll have broken in by next by the end of this summer uh, officially into the industry when I go into colleges. But and you are going to are you going to go to film schools? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a big debate because uh, I think I, I'm going out to California soon to tour uh, a few colleges like USC, Stanford. Sure. It, it comes into uh, effect as far as cost nowadays uh, with film schools and all that because, once again, if you have a sturdy housing uh, and you have something to fall back on when you go to bed at night with food on your plate uh, and a laptop just to type out a script – you're fine, but uh, with these expensive colleges, I'm sure I'll get scholarships, but through Subnivian. But it's all about uh, budgeting and all that uh, when I go to film school and how that affects my film career. And uh, I, I didn't expect to sign on for this next film for $1.5 million, but uh, now that I have, it's making film school look a lot nicer. And... Uh, a lot easier to do. Yeah, I mean, if you get into whatever film school you get into, make sure that they're paying the bill because there's absolutely yeah. no reason why you should pay to go to USC. That's just my opinion. And I've spoken at USC multiple times, and it's a great, it's a great film, it's a great film school, but it's not the cost is just ridiculous if you unless you get scholarships. Yeah, it's also coming into effect where we're trying to find a college that will teach me. Uh, that's the other thing, man. Like you Uh, are, man, you're so far ahead of film school, brother. I didn't want to say it, but I don't know if it makes a lot of sense for you right now. I know it's weird because I, I I hate the egotistical aspect that has to come with all this as far as signing with Amazon and all that. But, uh, nowadays I'm teaching at colleges in Ohio, they're film students. So it's kind of weird. It's like, I'm not going to be able to, I got to find a college that will actually I'll learn from and actually go to class and um, gather some uh, information I can use in the film industry and film yeah. school and all that. So we'll talk. Well, uh, if you want off air, we'll talk about your your, your film school uh, options if you want. Um, so, yeah. uh, is there a book that had a really big impact in your life or career? Really, it wasn't. Uh, I I did read a few books. Uh, as far as how to not make a short film that I read um, and a few other books on directing visions and all that. Uh, I just uh, looked for as many books that will tell me how not to screw up. And uh, <laughs> Good plan. That, that, that's what I learned most from. Um, but I did read, I try to read three film scripts a week as far as feature script, film scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that's all in preparation to write my next uh, feature film. So that educates you enough um, as far as really getting firsthand experience. Just print out a uh, feature film script or uh, look it up online. There's databases with all that. Um, and you can learn a lot from that. And uh, 
taking what you like and examining, breaking it down, um, and really learning from that firsthand. Uh, that's really where the experience comes from. So um, I'll be reading film scripts probably till I die, but uh, Excellent. it's always in it. It's always, you learn something from every script. So now what uh, is the lesson that took you the longest to learn in, in, in your life so far or in the film business so far? Uh, that's a good question. The, the, it really was trying to, because, uh, with all this going on, uh, you look at, uh, signing with Amazon and going, them trying to get into Academy Vote. You look at all that, and uh, the hardest thing for me is, like, you put in so much work, and you, I don't see myself as successful. Like, mm-hmm. I see myself as just that work's paid off. So um, it's, I don't know how to take good compliments, and I need to uh, figure out, because I, I don't feel anything when someone would tell me, like, Amazon comes up to you and says, Hey, this is an amazing film. And I'm like, okay, this is, I worked hard on it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Stay like that. My friend stay like that. Don't, you don't have to just stay like that. Trust me. Cause if you're able to handle this kind of attention so far in your career, I promise you, if I was 17 and I would have had this attention, I would have been an absolute mess. So it's, it's taken me a long time to get to where I am. So that you're doing it at 17 is God, man, God bless. It is hard with school too, because I mean, um, I do golf in the, um, summertime and all that, but, uh, I mean, it's getting home and, uh, working on a production till two, 3 AM and waking up at 5 AM to go back to school. Uh, and I'll fall asleep in class and stuff. Um, Usually, um, it's ironic because, uh, my mom, she's like, why do you have a C in English class? I was like, well, I've been writing my next feature in English class during their entire presentations. And so you'll be fine. Uh, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because school and the film industry, they don't mix, uh, no, as far no. as the high school. <laughs> Uh, no, they, they don't. And some would argue not even film schools. But um, but yeah, I mean, look, if you know what you would love to do and you've got a good grasp on it, man, go for it yeah. and go for it 100%. And you seem to have a really good head on your shoulders. Um, and one last question. where What are your three favorite films of all time? That I've been trying to determine that for years now. But I know <laughs> but just that as of As of today, as of today. As of today, I know that Interstellar is... Um, I may not be able to rank it, but I know three of my favorite. Uh, okay. I know Interstellar's on there. A lot of Christopher Nolan, actually. Um, we can go Dunkirk was on there. Um, and um, I know the the Dark Knight in general. Uh, those Christopher Nolan films, um, I, I don't just watch Christopher Nolan, but... Uh, <laughs> I, well, you dress, I really, you dress like him, sir. <laughs> That's how he dresses. That's how he dresses on set. (laughs) Well, uh, I think there's a lot you can learn from him in general. And what I do, uh, what I do is actually I look at like David Fincher. I take bits of his directing styles and bits of Christopher Nolan's and I mold it into my own where David Fincher, uh, 
as far as his aspects of perfectionism uh, and getting the camera cinematography and all that, and you mix that with Christopher Nolan's uh, script writing abilities, timing and all that, uh, storylines, uh, you get something that manifests out of Subnivian that really is something original and something that um, is the best of both worlds and something I admire. So it's really, I'm able to take and learn from directors I um, learn from online and all that and take it into my own aspects and becoming the director um, I will in the future. So Good for you, man. And those are, those are not, those, those guys aren't bad. They're not bad, I'll have to say. Yeah. <laughs> They're not a bad combination. There was a point in time where I, it was two months before I shot some Nivian, a couple months before I saw like uh, a movie actually in theater. So uh, last week I actually saw a movie and uh, in theaters and not seeing a movie for four months in theaters and then seeing a movie, it's like, it's, it's the, the most amazing feeling being in that theater. Just, um, I, know. I, I, know the feeling. I mean, yeah, it's words can't describe it, but, um, I got to see more. I isolated myself so much these last months with some Nivian. Um, <laughs> that you can't, yeah, I got, I got you, man. I got you. Now, where can people find uh, you and about Subnivian and uh, your work? So, Subnivian is on all social media at Subnivian Movie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They also have a website, subnivianmovie.com. They can find me at jotheperryfilms.com. And they can actually find the movie Subnivian. If you join the text free number, uh, text Subnivian to 555-888, and you get a behind-the-scenes uh, trailer of the whole scope of the project, See Me in Action, see what it was like on set. And um, that also has links to social media. And, and how do you spell Subnivian so everybody listening can un- know how to spell it? Subnivian uh it actually means to be submerged under a layer of snow or residing under. Uh-huh. And uh, that is spelled S-U-B-N-I-V-E-A-N. So okay. um, basically, they can get ready for our funding campaign in April 1st. And uh, that really will propel us through film festivals. And we'll, uh, we might be able to come to your local area, depending upon... Uh, how successful that campaign campaign is, uh, and how much funds we raise. We're going for around thirteen thousand, which is uh, we'll there's fine. also some crew payments in there, uh, mixed in with film festivals that counts for travel. Um, and maybe I'll be able to meet some of your viewers in the cities, and they'll be able to see Subnivian in theaters, and uh, really get the full experience. It's, That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's, listen, Jonathan, you've been. An absolute inspiration, uh, not only to me, but I'm sure to everybody listening uh, and watching on the show right now. So thank you again so much. You are the personification of what I preach about on this show. And uh, really, man, congrats on all your success. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck in the future, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Jonathan for coming on the show. I am always happy to bring on inspirational stories like this. I mean, this kid is remarkable and I cannot wait to see where he goes as a filmmaker and uh, what he does over at Amazon. Um, I'm just really happy for him and, and just really goes to show 
a little bit of hustle, thinking outside the box, doing what you got to do to make it happen. And that's what it's all about. So thanks, Jonathan, for coming again and sharing your story. And if you want to help Jonathan uh, out, he does have a crowdfunding campaign going on right now at www.seedandspark.com slash fund slash sublivian. And I'll put the link for that in the show notes. If you want to help him out, really cool uh, bonuses and things like that you can get. If you want to help him out, he's trying to raise a little extra money for the festival tour and the festival circuit and all that kind of stuff. So help him out, guys. He's done a heck of a lot. So definitely check him out. And for the show notes, just go to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash 317. And you get links to Jonathan, everything else that we talked about in this episode. Thank you again so much for all your support, guys. And if you haven't already, please check out my new book, Shooting for the Mob. Just head over to shootingforthemob.com. That's shooting with two O's. And find out how I almost made a $20 million film for the mafia and had a big misadventure through Hollywood, all this kind of craziness that happened to me when I was much younger. And it is a heck, heck of a story. So definitely check it out. I really do appreciate everyone who's read it and have left good reviews on Amazon. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the support, guys. And that is it for another episode of the Indie Film Hustle podcast. As always, keep that hustle going. Keep that dream alive. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Hustle podcast at IndieFilmHustle.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-F-I-L-M-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia.